Welcome to the Waitressing to Wealth podcast, the podcast to gain actionable tips, learn how to build your wealth, and gain inspiration from real and relatable guests on how they've built theirs. I'm your host, Jolene Stone, a money coach. I started my journey out waitressing and $200,000 in debt. I was able to build my wealth and become debt-free in just three years. Your journey to wealth starts now. So welcome to the podcast. Elena is a lawyer for entrepreneurs specializing in online business law. She's also a business mentor and recently the founder of contractsforentrepreneurs.com. Elena is on a mission to professionalize the online industry through legal education and business strategies to build strong, protected, and successful businesses. If you're not following her on social media, her handle is where did she go now? So be sure you're following her to get all of the legal tips, business advice. She is always posting so much value on there. So welcome, Elena. How are you? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. You're so amazing. I'm so excited to be here to talk to you, to see you again, and to just kind of dive into what we're going to discuss today. I know your amazing story, but for those who don't know how you got started in the online world and where you're at now, can you share a little bit about your backstory? Absolutely. So um, I come from a very different path, I would say. So I used to practice international law. So I used to live abroad and um, I've held many different positions kind of internationally, always working in the area of international criminal law. And when I moved back to Toronto, I noticed this air of entrepreneurship here in North America, and it was contagious. And so I always wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to be a female entrepreneur as well. I was tired of scrolling my feed and I wanted to be the one producing content instead and actually helping and serving. And so when the world went a little crazy, I thought it was my opportunity. And I remember sitting there being like, oh, what am I gonna do now? Everything that I had been working on was completely in person and just died like instantly. And so I was deciding, what should I do? And I realized, oh, well, I, I am a lawyer. I could do something with that. And so I actually opened up my own law firm and right away there was a huge demand. Um, and there was a lot of need for a lawyer that specializes in online business law, especially in the online industry, where it is this beautiful community of primarily female entrepreneurs who, who feel in a way that their business isn't enough to go to a traditional law firm or to go to that big old white guy in the big old ivory tower because they feel like oh it's just a side hustle oh i'm just a mompreneur or whatever story that we tell ourselves when the reality is that online businesses actually are more successful really comparatively than brick and mortars and so they need to be protected and so it was just a beautiful area to fill and i am so in love with my job now and who i get to work with yes and that relatability and the coming from a place of, yes, I feel comfortable going to you rather than like, oh, a big, scary lawyer's office. Like, what do I do? So that is so incredible that you're providing that service. I think it's so much better to go to somebody who understands what a webinar is. Do you know if you tell me I'm doing a webinar? It's like, I understand. (laughs) Whereas other lawyers don't. And like, really, like if anyone's kind of listening, like the, the thing is always find somebody, if you want to work with somebody, find somebody that works with your industry, right? That they know your industry because then they can able, they're able to speak your lingo. They're one of you. They understand what you're doing and they can actually see the value of what you're creating. So all that fear that we feel that our businesses aren't good enough to go to the ivory tower 
that's all a lie because I know how amazing your business is. Yes. And not even that, but the fact of you understanding and knowing the lingo and making sure that you're getting protected properly in opposed to like, oh, maybe they are not totally sure about this one single piece of the website and they might give you like the wrong advice for your particular situation. So it's so key to go to someone who understands you. Absolutely. I mean, what is it? You know, lots of people don't even know the difference between an ebook or an e-course and they're wildly <laughs> different and they have very different levels of protection. So always work with somebody who understands your industry. Right. Exactly. So coming from a very traditional education and background for so many years of schooling and traveling, how have you found your transition into the online world? Hard, difficult, or kind of smooth and like, oh, I got this. Oh my goodness. It is so, I I don't even really know how to answer this because it is almost like a breath of fresh air while being like punched in the stomach at the exact same time. You know, it's like, um, (laughs) because traditional, you know, when you work in a traditional field um, and there is almost like this ladder that you need to follow, and then you just completely go against the grain. There is this like feeling of, um, almost like shame or embarrassment. It's like, oh, am I even doing the right thing? Like, this is so risky in such a traditional industry like like law. Um, But then you come into the online space and then you realize really quickly, it's not even about what you do. It's about who you help. And if it's about who you get to work with every day. And I get to work with amazing people that inspire me every single minute. And so it's like that big breath of fresh air being in this industry. But at the same time, it's this like, huge gut punch to the stomach because an online business is really, really hard. And a lot of people make it so magical and they make it like margaritas on a Tuesday at lunch and on a beach somewhere. And it's just, that's not the reality for like 99% of online businesses. It can be, but it takes a long time to get to that point. And I think you need to be the master of so many different areas. And no one really tells you that to be an online entrepreneur, you do need to be creative, regardless of how cutthroat or masculine your industry is. Like legal is not creative at all, but you need to have this like want to to create content, to want to be on Canva, to create graphics, to want to showcase your life a little bit on Instagram. And you don't realize too, you're like, oh, how perfect. I'm on Instagram all the time anyway. But when you flip the script and now you're the one that's showcasing their life, you have this like weird feeling. It's like, am I an influencer? No, but do I need to show my life every day? Yes, but like, where's the line? And so there is this like, it's difficult, right? It's difficult to navigate, but the rewards completely outweigh that difficulty. Yeah, like <laughs> dancing between that line too and making sure that you're on the right side and not getting burnt out at the same time and still like staying inspired is so key. So I love that you articulated that so, so well. <laughs> the breath of fresh air, but being punched in the gut. Like all at the same time. It's like, <laughs> it's the, you know, because it's like the freedom, but also like, why am I working 16 hour days? <laughs> like, hold yeah. on, something is off. But I mean, truly, I would never, I mean, I'm happy to work 15, 16. Like, I'm happy to work all day, every day because I have schedule, like control over my schedule. I get to mm-hmm. decide what I want to do and truly like, that freedom always outweighs the fact that you have to work that much more. Like I'm here exactly. Yes. So I know that you've literally traveled all around the world and 
has this experience taught you anything about your finances and maybe properly managing your finances with like different exchange rates and like all the things that you need to account for like travel expenses and like possibility of getting insurance travel insurance could you explain your experience and maybe if this has been made it more complicated or was hands down one of the most invaluable experiences truly because you're able to be so organized with your finances with your routine with your schedule you have to navigate so many micro challenges every single day when you're traveling remember the reward is always amazing but it is coming with their struggles so absolutely when it comes to financing having an understanding of what your budget actually is and when i was traveling i always chose countries that were had um a lower cost of living so that I could stretch my dollar that much longer. And that's actually a strategic decision. Like that is a part of your brain, your left side of your brain that's deciding, okay, perfect. I'm probably going to skip, I don't know, like England with the UK pound so that I can go live like six months in Thailand and have the exact same amount of money that would, would last in Thailand for six months as it would in the UK for maybe two weeks. So that's a strategic decision. And you make that when you start looking at money and then you start to understand different inflation prices. And then you actually start to understand what the value of a dollar actually is and how it changes per country. And really we just kind of make things up as we go along. And so having that understanding, and then of course, being able to live abroad to save more money, like people don't even think about that. They think like, oh, I'm gonna stay home because traveling is so expensive. And they don't realize, Actually, if you move abroad, you're probably going to save so much more money for that down payment on the house that you want to do. So really, money is a huge part when it comes to traveling. The two are like completely synonymous and understanding exchange rates, understanding the best time to convert exchange rates. I mean, even when we're talking about businesses, a lot of us, you know, we're in Canada, but a lot of times Canadian businesses accept U.S. dollars. So even being strategic about when do I convert my U.S. into Canadian to actually make more profit? And so all of these things you learn while traveling in order to make money work for you in order to live the life that you want and to save money in the long run isn't it counterintuitive like travel equals saving money but it really does <laughs> and like better experiences and like cooler <laughs> things to do better quality like of life <laughs> yeah I love that you brought up the fact of people don't really consider the cost of living like absolutely I mean I used to live in Cambodia and my rent there was, um, and they, they operate in US dollars. And so my rent was 200 US dollars a month, but I had like the penthouse, like I had three balconies. I had a king size bed, like it was 200 US dollars a, a month. And then food was 50 cents a beer. And like, I mean, I never left the house with more than three, $4 a night. And I had a great night and I'm talking, I ate. <laughs> I took my motor, my motor pads everywhere, like my little moto taxis. I was out till three in the morning and you can stretch those dollars and really, really thrive. Yeah, that's incredible. And some people just don't even consider it because they get the connotation of like, oh, traveling ex is expensive because of those plane tickets or like perception that they already have, right? <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> do you think these traveling experiences have helped shape your personal money story or like Absolutely. in a good way or a bad way? Absolutely. It helped me understand what actually is expensive and what is not, right? I mean, the idea that travel is expensive is probably one of the biggest myths 
that we tell each other, right? Traveling is expensive if you only get one to two weeks vacation a year in North America and you're going to like <laughs> the four seasons in the Maldives. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, but if you actually travel for longer periods of time, that plane ticket doesn't, it's not as big as a barrier as it is if you only went for one week, right? And so stretching things out and it really teaches you you know, how to look at the world and your life and your experiences and your business in a completely different way, because you were able to overcome so many obstacles already while traveling that you can 100% fix those obstacles in your own business. Yeah. Ooh. So has that, has, do you think that your travel has actually influenced a lot of business decisions and being able to make like a quick strategic business decision based on that experience or yeah, you know, I never thought about it, but I, I would assume so. I would assume so. I mean, you you always think you're like, well, I mean, I traveled to Nepal by myself. I'm like, I can do anything or like, right? Like, or like I was stuck in like, I don't know, an airport for 36 hours, like sleeping on the floor. I'm like, that was fine. So you realize like hard is so different. And then you have this like weird appreciation. Like, like I said, like when I was living in Cambodia, three, $4 a night, and then you come back to Canada and it's this like very normal experience to spend $60 on lunch and maybe $300 on a pair of jeans. And we don't even think twice about it. And then we wonder why we're in debt here, but because we're keeping up with this like figurative, like this, this imaginary, like keeping up with the Joneses business, that's all, it's all a lie. Like you can live an even better life spending less money. Interrupting this conversation with something absolutely amazing to help you with your debt. Debt Decluttered, the course, was made for you if you're ready to get rid of your debt for good. Upon completion of this course, you'll graduate with clarity surrounding your debt, a healthy mindset, and a full-on strategic plan to help you pay off your debt. This course uses my money minimalism framework to help you really spark joy within your finances and to not stress you out. That's the last thing that we want when it comes to paying off your debt. The doors are now open. So if you are ready to tidy up and toss out your debt, gain a healthy money mindset and have a strategic plan for paying off your debt ASAP, then you got to snag the debt decluttered course. Oh, and the best part is you can access it now at an affordable price point and get in on some of the absolutely game-changing bonuses. Click the link in the show notes to access it. Now, back to the episode. I love that you mentioned the fact that it has effect on your perception of like where you are and where you're at and then that effect on your money too. So when you transitioned into your business, Do you have any suggestions of like making the transition smooth or easy, or do you have any tips surrounding actually transitioning into like an online space? You know, what I would say that like what's coming to me right now, similar to the idea of travel is you have to get comfortable spending more money at the beginning in order to reap the rewards later. Right. So like traveling, you spend that thousand dollars on the plane ticket, which hurts a little bit, but then you're there for six months and you've saved bucket loads of money. Same with online business. If you understand the concept that, you know what, I need to actually spend a little money to make a little money. It'll be so much easier as a transition going into an online business to, to be like, okay, I'm starting a business. I understand that every single business 
have startup costs, even in an industry like an online business that typically traditionally has low overhead, but also recognizing one of the biggest lies that we're told in the online space is that it's free to start an online business. It is not free. <laughs> it is not free. Even just your email address is $7 a month. It is not free to start an online business. And so I even sat down and I looked at the numbers and I'm like, typically speaking, if you were to bootstrap it, if you were really to like fine tooth, like budget friendly on starting an online business, you are still spending a minimum of $10,000 to get this set up, right? Because that is, I mean, and traditionally, if you're starting an online business, you're probably going to spend maybe three grand on a business coach. You're probably going to have to invest in legal. That is a necessary expense. You're probably going to invest in one contractor at some point, either to build your website, do your branding, help you with your virtual assistants, and then you're going to have to spend money on software. So over the course of one year, the absolute minimum you will be spending is probably 10000 And so, so just like traveling, like pay your big expense, get your plane ticket, right? And then reap all the rewards. And the same with an online business. Don't be afraid to spend that money at the beginning because really, yeah, you spend $10,000 and we're probably all sitting here being like, oh, super uncomfortable. <laughs> that is a lot of money. <laughs> but we're talking over the course of a year. And we're also talking about the fact that you then have the potential in an online business. And we see this every day, guys. You have the capacity to scale so quickly. You have the capacity to be that business that makes millions of dollars in two years because we see it all the time. And if it's possible for them, it is 100% possible for you. But do not kid yourself, right? Like I went on a rampage now. Like do not <laughs> kid yourself that that million dollar business isn't spending at least 30 to $40,000 in expenses per month, right? Mm -hmm. So it takes money to make money and like, don't be afraid of that ever. Yeah, something that people don't even consider is like how much these huge, huge businesses are spending or even these huge coaches who say that they're making 100K years or months or yeah. whatever it is, how much did they spend in order to get that? So I know you work with a lot of online entrepreneurs and business owners. Do you see some common money beliefs in your clients or some common misconceptions like those ones? So especially when we're talking about legal clients, right? The number one and probably the biggest mistake and like this biggest fear is this idea that, you know what, I'm going to get my first few clients to make it worth it, right? I'm going to, first, I'm going to get a bit of money going and then I'll reinvest that money back into the business. And truly from a legal perspective, that's one of the biggest mistakes you can make. And also realizing that you think you can have a business and operate without legal kind of scary like people think like that's like not a necessity or it's a legal it's a luxury but it's not I mean paying your taxes every year isn't optional legal is also not optional both legal and accounting is a necessary thing that you need to be doing and, and what people forget is that owning a business owning that freedom that's the luxury and that comes at a cost like everything Yes. We don't live in a free society like that much. <laughs> we still have to pay for things. So really this idea that I'll, I'll pay for it when I get more money. And it's like, mm, you're opening yourself up from a legal perspective. Instead of spending maybe $1,000 now, you're potentially opening it yourself up to a $50,000 like lawsuit in 12 months from now, especially in Ontario. We have this thing called a statute of limitations, which basically says that after two years from the date of an event, somebody can take legal action on you, okay? So let's say 18 months ago, you started your business, you took on your first few clients to make it worth it, all right? 
Then you scaled really quickly. You're one of the businesses that hit six figures in two minutes. <laughs> you're on your way to a million, right? Those clients from 18 months ago, there's nothing stopping them from coming after you for a potential refund or maybe another legal action. And you didn't have a contract with them. So you owe them, even though you spent the money, you don't have it, right? Like obviously it was two years ago, but this exists in law. And so from day one, you're, you're potentially opening yourself up. And I've seen this in my own practice, you know, clients who at the beginning didn't have any contracts and then they hit the million dollar mark. And then all of a sudden, all of their, their clients from the very beginning, pre-pandemic started to have money troubles. And then we're like, oh, that huge purchase I made pre-pandemic, I need that money back now because of the pandemic and then made up some lie in order to get it back. And there was no contract. So there's not a lot of a leg to stand on. And so you, you don't realize that these things have repercussions. Right. Your suggestion, what would it be when it comes to growing online? What is an absolutely non-negotiable that a new business owner needs. So the, what contracts should they have right off the bat? What should they be doing legally or in general, non-negotiables in your opinion? They're non-negotiable. Like if you do nothing else <laughs> is to get your client contract. There's really three steps in getting legally protected online. The first is business registration. So making sure you actually register your business. The second is contracts. And when we're talking about contracts, there are hundreds of thousands of different types of contracts, but you need to be so concerned with your client agreement. You need to be so ready to invest in the bread and butter of you and another person, even if it's a beta, even if it's an energy exchange, even if it's just a collaboration, if no money doesn't matter, all of these are energy exchanges that require a contract to outline those expectations, all of your dream policies, everything that you actually want to come out of this business, you need this at a bare minimum, okay? There are a few other contracts you need as well. And then just to finish up the three steps, you have your business registration contracts, which is like the biggest piece. And then afterwards it's intellectual property. So considering a trademark, it's a little bit more of a phase three, but those are really the three things that you need to concern yourself with when starting a business. And truly all three are not negotiable. They're all required. They just come at different phases. So if our listeners haven't gotten that, you need a contract. You need to make sure you're registering your business and then also later on getting a trademark. So make sure you guys are doing this. I know that you have an amazing business contract for entrepreneurs. Can you tell us a little bit about how this little business has grown so big uh, and how it was born? Oh my gosh. It was born out of honestly a money need. It was born out of affordability. So a lot of online entrepreneurs have this reservation to invest if they haven't gotten their first two clients. And so the idea was to create legal contract templates that you could essentially plug and play with your own values, your own policies, your own rules of your business yourself without a lawyer. And the idea was to create an accessible and affordable version to legal protection because of this barrier that people seem to not be able to get over. And, and the money mindset is a huge thing in business, guys. Like it will bother you and block you every step of the way. And so you absolutely need to get a good handle on it. But this was something that felt like a necessity. People were looking for affordable options. People were beta testing offers and weren't ready to completely invest in a full contract, but wanted something because they understood the importance 
to have something to protect them in the interim. Others were just starting their new business, new moms, side hustles, new entrepreneurs who were interested in getting contracts to, because they understood the importance. You need them from day one. If, if you learn nothing else, <laughs> right, you need to be proactive in business. And so we created over 30 different legal contract templates specializing in online industries that you can essentially purchase and download. And then they come with a user manual that outlines what the contract is about, how to use it, and how to basically customize it yourself. Because a lot of the times people think, oh, I got this contract from a hand-me-down or it's a DIY contract. Um, and that's not going to cover you. Those are more Frankenstein style. And if you don't know how to use a contract, even if you have one, girl, if something goes wrong, you're still going to be sitting there in bed freaking out, right? You're going to be like, oh my gosh, am I even protected? So what we've did potentially, hopefully, is with the user manuals is help you understand what they actually say. So when that problem arises, you're going to go to bed being like, clause 18 has me covered. <laughs> like go to bed super snug and super easy and comfortable because I, I want to empower you, right? We're on a mission to always professionalize the online space. And this isn't, I mean, we're all starting businesses here and this isn't a place to play wild, wild west. This isn't a place to just pretend like, oh, I'm just starting something, but I'm going to charge you high ticket. I'm going to charge you four figures without a contract just because I need to pay my rent this month. That's not what this business is about, right? You have the tendency to scale quickly and that's why we're here because it is a very beautiful place. It's a very inflated place. It's a great industry. It's lucrative for all of us. And so you want to make sure you're protecting your butt. And so that is how contractsforentrepreneurs.com came to life to fill this necessity. That's incredible, especially for those who don't have a lot of money to invest right away in like a specific contract that they need specifically for their business and customized and everything like that with a lawyer looking it over. So I would love to know how business owners are losing money without contracts because oh, I know it's happening <laughs> all the time. Oh, guys. Okay. The idea, <laughs> please. Stop. I love that we're talking about this. So here's the thing with contracts is we think, oh, it's expensive, right? So let's say you spend, let's use a thousand dollars to keep it easy. Some contracts cost less, some cost more. It really depends on the nature of the contract. But let's say a thousand dollars to keep it easy. A lot of us think that is a lot for words on a piece of paper. And we don't understand <laughs> what that means. But let's say you pay a thousand dollars for a contract and then you're going to go sell your coaching offer for three thousand dollars. And let's say you sell your coaching offer to 10 different clients. So now the value of your contract isn't the $1,000 you spent to get it. The value of your contract is actually $30,000, okay? Because you have 10 clients of $3,000. So it's $30,000. That's how much value your contract has. And you paid a thousand for it. Really, it's a steal. And so <laughs> when we think about losing money, and this happens a lot, especially in the group model, the one-to-many model, is if one person is potentially unhappy, okay? And unfortunately, the law is a little scary. So <laughs> let's just say little Sally Jo, she's not so happy. And then she talks to another group member and she's like, oh, this program sucks or whatever. This little tiny flame, this little teeny tiny like fire quickly can become a forest fire. And quickly, everybody in your group and all your clients could hear about this little thing, this little seed that's been planted and potentially all ask you for refunds, okay? 
without a contract, you have absolutely nothing to stand on and you are actually legally required to give back refunds because you promise them nothing. They promise you nothing. Like that's that. When you have a contract though, if this little forest fire takes over, you can then say, well, no, actually clause 18 says this. So this is what I'm comfortable. This is what we both agreed on to give you. The answer isn't always a strictly no refund policy. I'm always going to encourage you to think what kind of policy you actually would rather have as the client, right? Maybe it's like, I'll refund you up to what we've done. Maybe I'll refund you 20%, like whatever the case may be. So be generous, always, always lead with integrity. That's so important. We're not just out here to make money. We're out here to serve. That is the, that is the nature of our online business. We are serving. So when creating these policies always come from a place of serving, but this is how you can start saving that money. And going back to what we were saying about that statute of limitations, let's say you don't have that contract. You scale to a million dollars or like a hundred thousand. Like it doesn't even matter what you scale to, but 18 months from today, someone comes back to you and asks for a refund without a contract. Like what are you gonna say? No, like where's that no even rooted in? It's not empowered in anything but your ego. And unfortunately, your ego is not a legal process. So you are out required as a business owner. You're not an individual. You are a business owner to refund the money unless you have that contract. So you can lose money for absolutely BS reasons um, unless you have one. Everyone should get a contract and have a co contract to cover their butt. So in that same uh, sense, have you seen any scary horror stories about someone without a contract and then the consequences that they had to deal with after that? 100%, 100%. In my own firm, I mean, I can't go into too many details, but mm -hmm. it's a very similar story. You know, the, the same story where no contract, forest fire happened, all the refunds, and then had to pay multiple six figures back in, in refund, like multiple didn't even have the funds on hand kind of situation because you have nothing to stand on. Um, another situation that I've seen, this didn't happen to a client of mine, but I, you know, you hear the stories and this was <clears throat> an individual who um, <laughs> she didn't have contracts. She, she believed all of her clients would pay her, um, but she naively also didn't understand that she didn't promise her clients anything. And so people paid her multiple four figures and then she didn't actually deliver the services. So what ended up happening is she said she would do a group to many program. And then, you know, for example, say she promised 10 calls, but after like four calls or five calls, she decided, you know what, I gave you all the value I wanted to give you. So that's it. We're done. <laughs> Even though they had paid multiple four figures to her. So you need to be cautious when a business owner out there as well also doesn't have a contract. What does that say about them? You're just blindly paying somebody and they haven't promised you anything in return. Like you're just giving them money. <laughs> like that is so scary, especially when we're thinking about business coaches. And I'm always really hard on business coaches because you are actually a business coach. And if you're telling someone legal is not important, you are doing an absolutely terrible job. That is equivalent to a bookkeeper telling you, don't worry, you don't need to pay taxes. What? <laughs> like makes no sense. <laughs> so a bookkeeper is always going to say, talk to your accountant guys a business coach needs to say the same thing talk to your lawyer <laughs> you can't do that so contracts are so important you don't want to lose out on hundreds of thousands of dollars because that can be the case so i know that's every yeah. day <laughs> and i know that some of our listeners want to start small side hustles like etsy shops for example what do you think would be best for someone like them who's only making a small amount of money also just starting out but 
obviously can scale to much larger. <laughs> I love my Etsy shop owners. You guys are amazing. So <laughs> Etsy actually gives you a place to include your contracts. So the number one contract you need as a seller of any kind of digital or physical product is a terms of purchase. Okay. This is really like that little checkbox contract. It's like by checking here, you agree to our terms of purchase and then you check out. And then, so you as an Etsy shop owner also need this as well to really outline your, your shipping policies, your refund policies, your return and exchange policies. Then like, um, what happens if a product is delivered faulty or by accident or a mistake, like these things all matter when you're talking about Etsy shop owners. So as a minimum, you're not dealing one-to-one. -one. You're dealing really with this idea of someone just purchases. You don't really have a lot of interaction with them. Um, and then you, they receive a product from you. So you want to have a terms of purchase outlined, especially if you are an Etsy shop owner that is doing more of a done-for-you type of service, like a beautiful woodworking or a painting or something like that. You want to make sure you outline all the things going into that because if there is a mistake, you're going to get the short end of the stick because you did all of the work. <laughs> that was a lot of labor. There was definitely material costs. So you want to make sure that that's outlined with the terms of purchase for your Etsy shop. Yes. And so do you sell anything like that on contracts for entrepreneurs? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. We have something called a terms of purchase specifically. Um, we also have an e-commerce website bundle. So if you are having a Shopify store, for example, not just Etsy, you definitely need all your website terms on there as well. So we have an entire bundle for e-commerce, but absolutely it is on the shop. It is super, it's a quarter of the price of what you would be doing with a lawyer. So it is a really, really good alternative um, and a really low barrier way and an absolutely necessary step to starting your small business. Remember, there are always startup costs and they're write-offs, so don't be afraid. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I think that you have a code for our listeners that I will get you 10% off at Contracts for Entrepreneurs, which is such a steal already. So be sure to go to www.contractsforentrepreneurs.com and use your code. This is just for our listeners, 10 for you. I will leave it in the show notes below as well. So you can head on over there and get yourself covered for literally any situation and you need to do this. I would love to know if you have any tips for our listeners regarding their finances, maybe something that you wished you learned sooner or just something that you think that everyone should know regarding their finances. 100%. Okay. I actually have two things. Okay. The first is a mindset piece. The second one is a strategic piece. So from a mindset perspective, I want you to put your horse blinders on, on the online space. You're going to see a lot of people celebrating 100 K 10 K 5 K. You're going to see all these profit, these margins, but you have no idea what the profit margins are. You have no idea how much of that they actually get to take home. It doesn't mean they made like a 10K salary. They probably had to spend 4,000 or 5,000 or 6,000 to make that 10,000. So always from a mindset perspective, just blinders on, good for you, I'll get there too. But realizing that that is not all profit. A lot of us think it is. I made the exact same mistake. I'm like, what I wouldn't do to just make $5,000 a month, but it takes money to make money. So that $5,000 is not always profit. So remember, humble yourself. You've got this. You are doing great. 
Now, from a strategic perspective, all right, and I know if anyone is working with you or listening to you, you 100% have told them this already, but you actually, as a business owner, you actually need to look at your numbers. You actually, <laughs> I mean, cuckoo, like you actually need to sit down once a month minimum and actually do your bookkeeping and have an understanding of how much money is coming in, what your payment plans are looking like, what your expenses are, write them down with as much detail as possible because it's really going to help you at tax season and categorize things like actually do your bookkeeping. And it is such a good practice every single morning to look at your numbers. Every single morning when you wake up, it's like, hey, this is where I'm at and start to get familiar with it. Not to, to you know, downplay yourself of like, oh, I'm not making enough. You will, you will 100% stay the course. But and also not to be like, oh, I'm <laughs> like, it's, I'm so freaking good. I can spend so much money. It's like, no, start to understand the trends in your business. If you do certain things, does it make more money? Do you have seasons? We all have seasons in business where we make more money or less money. So you really need to get in the habit of looking at it from a very data driven perspective of like, okay, cool. Today, $5 up. Sweet. Okay. In July, I know like I'm taking time off at summertime. I'm probably going to go low. So how can I plan for that next year? Right? So these things are very normal. Not, not everyone's making a hundred thousand dollars a month. Like, no, 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 that's not how it works. And even if somebody made like a 20 K month, remember like, that's going to like, that's their salary for the next three or four months, potentially. They're not making that every single month. So humble yourself, get comfortable with your numbers, get vulnerable, do your bookkeeping um, and listen to whatever Jolene tells you. <laughs> <laughs> that is such great advice. I wholeheartedly <laughs> am like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I was just nodding the whole time. <laughs> so I know that you have this amazing shop contracts for entrepreneurs.com. And I would love to, for you to let the listeners know what other kinds of contracts are in there. So maybe they can get a good idea before they head on over and use their code for 10% off. What a great question. So the, the thing is the contract shop is laid out in a few different categories. So we have coaching, we have creatives, um, we have ooh, off the top of my head, we have website. So there's a few different needs. So look at the bundles first to get an idea, I would say. Look at the bundles because the ultimate bundles on there pretty much outline every single contract you would need in your particular niche. So let's say you're a mindset coach, go check out the ultimate bundle for the mindset coach. There's like eight or nine contracts in there. You may need them all right now. You also may not, but it's a good place to start that research to say, okay, I probably just need two or three of those. And then maybe just go grab those two or three or the one even, but you can get an understanding of what you need in this industry. So we have contracts for all kinds of coaches, mindset, business coaches, life coaches. Um, we do informed consent forms. So if you do mindset work like EFT tapping, hypnosis, we have informed consent forms for that. We do health coaching, nutrition coaching. We also do service provider agreements. So if you deliver any client deliverables like copywriting, website, graphics, branding, any of that, you need a service agreement. Um, we also have all of the stuff for websites, which I think I mentioned, <laughs> like <laughs> your terms of purchase, your terms and conditions, privacy policy, which is a legally required document. Um, and then one of my personal favorite favorites is a media release form. You always need that if you are dealing with content, you want to make sure you own all of the content. I could talk about media release forms for like hours. I love them. And they're like so versatile. And then we also have waivers of liability. So perhaps now the world is opening back up. You could be interested in hosting a retreat yourself or an in-person meeting. You definitely need a waiver of liability for live in-person events. 
photography contracts. I mean, we have over 30, so there is a lot to choose from and to look at. Um, so definitely go peek around, go see what works for you. Um, we definitely organize it as good as we could. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So as you can tell, there's going to be something in there for you. So make sure you head on over to www.contractsforentrepreneurs.com and then use your 10% off code. And the code is 10 for you. So you'll get a great discount uh, at an already affordable price. So make sure you head on over to that. Thank you so much for being here today. It was such a great conversation. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I feel like I just blabbed forever, but I really <laughs> appreciated it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Waitressing to Wealth podcast. To support the show and show your gratitude, we would be so happy if you shared it with your friends and tagged us on Instagram at Jolene Stone. Subscribe so you never miss a valuable episode. 